<laughs> what? If I don't do it, if I don't do the countdown, you'll just not say anything. But if I do the countdown, <laughs> one of us instinctually, instinctively, one of those words will do fucking tank. We can't help it. We cannot <laughs> stop tank. Tank is unstoppable. Um, but anyway, hey, what's up? Hi, it's me, Chris, a.k.a. Tom Lobrito. This is... And I'm Nate, a.k.a. Little Teapot. And this is Space Time Taco. That's right. This is the new way we're doing this intro. I'm lying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sound like NPR. This is NPR. <laughs> I mean, it's just a whole bunch of people that just sit up on the mic and talk really quietly about the news and other things. Like, uh, you know, the current state of the country is dumpster fire plus five. Plus five. Yes. It's for I initiative. I only have a plus two dumpster fire. Oh, uh, yes, 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 yes. Uh, it seems that you still have hope. No. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, hey, what's up? It's it's us. We're doing another episode. Um, if you look at our, our current podcast stream, um, yes, there is a missing episode of the podcast. Why? One, I didn't edit it. And two, um, I the part that I listened to, I feel like that was one of our... We were too low energy. That was not a good episode. We were kind of all over the place. I mean, that's fair. Yeah, it was it was a weird one because normally we record on Sundays. Um, that one, I think, what we didn't we waited until like Wednesday to record it. I think. Yeah. Um, which we did is in the middle of the week. Yeah, it's we, we're we already back at that day. Yeah, we both worked. We uh, yeah, no, you don't. Nobody wants to. Nobody wants to podcast after they've worked, unless podcasting is their work, and then that would require all of you to support us more. <laughs> I'll I'll do this eight hours a day if you pay me for it. <laughs> I'll do this twelve hours a day if you pay me for it. Maybe not stream constantly, but like you know, work on content. Hell, I'd be paying myself technically. Wait, <laughs> you know, I want to get that'd be great. That'd be fucking amazing if we could just be like, Meh. I'll be honest. If we were able to do this full time, I would probably keep my my current job as like a part time job. Yeah, just because like you know. I there's a certain point in my life that I realized that I like to be around people even if sometimes very often on you get some shitty ass people but like indirect or directly dealing with people can be I don't know the word relaxing I don't know <laughs> it helps my brain work better makes sense to me um anyway hey Nate how you been Actually, you're much better, because, to be honest, the reason why we didn't record was because you were sick. That's right. Yes. This is... So, a couple, <laughs> couple weeks ago, the reason we didn't record is because I tested positive for COVID. Um, Can you taste I... things? Yes. I could taste things the entire time. I'm negative now. Um, well, we've talked about this. You're always negative. <laughs> <laughs> I am negative for COVID now. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, it was, all I can say is, I guess, because I've been vaccinated and so on and so forth, it wasn't as much of an ordeal as I thought it would be. Yeah. Um, the worst of it was a very sore throat for a couple of days, but after that, it felt pretty okay. So. Yeah, Nate, I, I, uh, called him, because he wasn't responding with text for a little bit there, 
and uh, it sound he sounded like death, like straight up just like <laughs> zombie. You were straight up zombie mode. Um, yeah, that did not sound fun. Uh, but hey, no. you're better. You you I f- believe you're back to normal. Normal. You're normal. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm. I've been negative. I've been back to work. You know, things are. Things are back to a baseline now. Um, you know, sticking Q-tips up my nose was not fun, but that's what I had to do most oh, of the time. Oh, it's, it's the greatest. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, boy, I'm going to kick your ass. Say hi. <laughs> and then leave. <laughs> uh, fucking that threw me off completely. I don't even know what I was talking about. Um... <laughs> Yeah, that's just fucking. Let's go roll it right into it. What, what you've been watching slash playing slash reading slash. <laughs> well, we'll know. just start with we'll start with the playing because this is short and sweet. Um, yeah. So we saw like a preview for this um, during the whole summer games lineup thing. Um, it's Naraka Blade Point, which is yeah. a. Like, take Dynasty Warriors and then mix it with a Battle Royale, basically. Um, it's a very melee-focused Battle Royale. There are ranged weapons in it, things like bows, repeating crossbows, uh, muskets. There's a pistol that you can charge up shots on and shoot like a shotgun. And then there's, like, there's a bunch of stuff. Um, long swords, katanas, a great sword, a spear, dual blades, a dagger. All these are weapons that you can pick up in the game, and they're not, like, limited to a character. You just find these weapons on the ground like you do in a battle royale. Yeah. Um, but it is basically, like I said, take Dynasty Warriors, take a little bit of elements from certain fighting games, and put that in a battle royale formula. And it's actually really popular, it turns out. Um, what we got on Xbox was not, like, the first release of the game. Mm-hmm. This is basically version 1 after they had already done a beta for a while. Oh, wow. Um, so a lot of people had played this game before. I looked up, like, tips and tricks on YouTube and stuff, and, like, these are videos from before the game had come to Xbox. Um, that being said, I mean, I'm having fun playing it. It's a different type of battle royale. Um, you know, I don't have people hiding in bushes waiting to shoot me. (laughs) Um, you know, it, it... Because of the way the fighting system works and because it's so melee-focused, it requires you to stay on your toes more often. It requires you to pay attention more to what your opponent is doing and what you are doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't get, like, hard-countered and disarmed and all kinds of shit like that. Um, it's got a got a pretty decent lineup of heroes, too. Um, so it brings a little bit of that, you know, MOBA aspect to it where you've got different heroes with different abilities and ultimates. Um, so... I mean, it's free on Game Pass right now, so if you saw it as a preview or you heard someone talk about it, um, there's no risk. I recommend just downloading it and trying it out. Um, it's got a lot of features in it. Battle Pass system that's upgradable to, you know, a two-tier Battle Pass, basically. Um, it's got, like, a loot box thing in it, but you can't buy loot boxes of real money, so you just earn <laughs> them through Battle Pass and other things. That's always nice. Yes. Um, all the characters you can get, you can pay real money to unlock the characters, but you can also just save up in-game currency to unlock them as well. And it's not a ton of in-game currency you have to save either. It's not bad either. So, you know, 
just a fun little thing to play. And for those of you who don't want to play like super sweaty battle royale mode, it's got a bot mode in it too, Ooh. which is what I spent most of the time playing. Did not know that. So That's nice to know. You and a team of up to two other people can team up and fight bots, basically. Um, it is a three-player battle royale, I should say as well. So teams of three is the maximum. Um, so kind of like um, Apex. Was, uh, I was say Apex, and wasn't um, player unknown? Wasn't PUBG also up to three? I believe so for a yeah. while. Okay. But yeah, I mean, it's fun. It's interesting. It's it's something unique. Something that hasn't been done with the battle royale formula before, at least to my knowledge. Um, so yeah, I would say if you got Game Pass. Or you have a way to get a hold of the game for free, give it a try, because it's actually kind of fun. And I was going to say, here I am completely forgetting it was a fucking Game Pass game, so I could have been playing it. Um, I actually did, uh, and now my mind is blanking on, oh, okay, come back and focus, camera. Um, I did uh, play a single game that I can remember. I mean, I've been playing a little bit of Minecraft here and there again. Um Actually, I played two things. I forgot. I uh, started up a new world or new run slash character in um, No Man's Sky. Now that we have like what I believe may have been the final added uh, update to the game. Can't tell you for sure. Oh, you've muted yourself, Nate. What about now? Okay, now I can hear you. What were you? What were you saying, <laughs> motherfucker? <laughs> I was going to say, now we can play No Man's Sky together, and I can be less frustrated with it all the time. Oh, you'll still be frustrated, because it'll still put you on a deadly planet right to begin with. Um, I did that twice already. I started a game, and I was on a deadly planet, and like, hey, you're going to go fly to this planet now, also a deadly planet. Well, you know, get good, scrub. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you just got a shitty universe start, I guess. I don't know. Um but yeah, I played through the, uh, I guess, I mean, I, I can't tell when the tutorial ends because they keep adding and introducing more and more elements to this game. Because the way that the game originally worked was you're on a planet. You're dying because, like you said, you start off on a bad planet no matter what. They want you to get off that planet. You fix your ship, mm -hmm. you fly up. The first thing I think it normally has you do is fly to a space station in the original launch, launch-ish yes. when I played. Um, now... It has you fly up, fly to other coordinates that are being pinged for you. You find that. Then you end up getting more information. You get the the upgrade so you can change the terrain. Um, mm -hmm. Then it introduces you to base building. Uh, so before you even get to a space station, it's like, this is how you build a base. Yep. And the fun thing about the base, two things that I found out. One, you can have your ship teleport to you whenever the fuck you want. Mm -hmm. did not know that was a thing once you have it up and flying and everything um mm -hmm. the other thing is when you build a house or a base you can actually install like a power system and a teleporter and you can actually yeah. teleport to any location that you have saved yep so i like it the the mission is basically that you follow in the what i can only assume is still the tutorial um is literally hey you're on the space station, huh? We can't get this information here, but you know what? The thing at home by the base builder, that should be able to help you with this. Use this mm -hmm. portal. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I thought that was great. I like the the fact that that is now had that has now been added. I really enjoy that. I like the base building. Uh, it feels 
Fallouty, like Fallout Four, no. kind of. Um, it's very much like that. Yeah, and I was gonna say the cool thing with that whole terrain thing, you can flatten ground around you, uh, as opposed to Fallout, where you couldn't do that without mods. I think, right? Well, yeah, you couldn't do it without mods. There were certain mods that would just flatten buildable ground yeah. for you. Um, but one of the mods that I downloaded that's sort of less obtrusive is just a place anywhere mod. Yeah, that's um, kind of awesome. So for things like uh, the fort where the Minutemen are in Fallout 4 is I wanted to complete all the walls around the fort. Mm-hmm. Basically close them in. And you can't and do that parts without of terrain cheating. That wouldn't let you do that. Well, there's certain parts of terrain where it's like you try to stick a wall and a wall is flat, but then, you know, the terrain is sloped. So the wall does like this awkward thing where it's sticking out from a piece yeah. of terrain like by three feet just floating in the air. <laughs> Makes sense to me. I don't oh. know what you're talking about. So I built up that entire base. Like I had a whole front gatehouse and everything. It was pretty amazing once I downloaded that mod. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so on top of No Man's Sky, which I played for way too long when I had work in the morning, um, I also hopped into, uh, and I can't remember if we talked about it on the now non-existent podcast, uh, but I did play Shredder's Revenge. Um, I think me and you just talked about that on our way to the comic shop, didn't we? Yes. Yeah. Um, I played through the entirety of one story with uh, Michelangelo and um, basically unlocked everything, found all the secrets, got the one secret character. Uh, really, really fucking enjoyed it. Um, it. I think in the last episode we did make a joke about the fact that... Uh, how much I enjoyed Scott Pilgrim, the Scott Pilgrim game, in that it has a semi-similar upgrade system. Um, Mm -hmm. The only difference is, I think, in Scott Pilgrim, you actually, you you level up, but you also buy upgrades as well. Uh, With this, it's just based off of your, like, level scores and stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I fucking loved it. I'd highly recommend it. Oh, that's right, I was starting to say that, because it is made by the same people that made, um, the same team that made the Scott Pilgrim game. Uh, which yeah. is why it plays, in my opinion, fantastically. Uh, uh, this is definitely one of those games that if it wasn't on Game Pass, I, I would would have bought it just straight up, just purchased it. Um, and I might, who knows, I might still, that's not true. I'm not going to put, I'm not going to do it. It's already on Game Pass. <laughs> if it leaves before uh, the end of October, maybe, because I feel like that would be fun to... Try and get six of us with controllers playing through uh, on the because what well, you can do yeah there's different difficulties with like play through on the hardest difficulty with six of us on screen. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I did definitely recommend that. Yeah, uh, oh, man, I'm just looking at the stuff they just added House Flipper too. Yes. I'm like, oh, I can get achievements for House Flipper now. Yep. And I was upset because I saw that they I, I saw an announcement about Far Cry Five being added. I'm like, ooh! And I forgot that that's Far Cry Six that I haven't played. Far Cry yeah, Five is the, the, the fucking it's an okay game. It starts off really fun, but it just loses itself. Yeah. And um, the music, the moment. The moment. Mom's the moment. spaghetti. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's you know that's all I've been playing. Haven't been playing too much. Um, Reading-wise, yeah, that's right. Let me just type it in here so we don't forget. Um, Chris still on his shit. 
<laughs> isekai bullshit. All right. There we go. Oh, let me capitalize the S in shitty. Um, yep, still on my isekai bullshit. Uh, I can't help it, man. It's just so relaxing to read the same stupid story over and over again from a different <laughs> black-haired protagonist's point of view. Um, <laughs> you know, they range from being really mean to assholes. And, you know, that's such a good range of personalities. <laughs> Some of them can be nice. I don't know. Most of them aren't. Um, other than that, I haven't really watched... Oh, no. Wait on. Hold on. This is the problem. I gotta pull up, like, Netflix. I watch... I consume too much media is my biggest issue. So when I'm like, I don't know what I've watched. Um, let's see. Where's my continue watching area? Oh, that's right. No, 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 no. Don't don't automatically play things. Okay, good. Oof. Fucking Netflix. <laughs> um, I haven't gotten that far into it. Uh, there is a new show that I've actually been looking forward to coming to Netflix uh, called Dead End Paranormal Park. Um, it was It's based off of a graphic novel. Um, and they actually put out years ago at this point, they put out a, uh, a single episode pilot. Um, I believe it was through, uh, Frederator, maybe. Um, I can't remember exactly. All I know is that it, I love the short and I'm like, Ooh, I would love more of this. And then I think two different other, I think Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network passed on it. Um, mm -hmm. so it's, it's now on Netflix. Uh, and I was watching it. One, I love it. I think it's fantastic. It's fun paranormal paranormal cartoons. If you are a uh, fan of really most of the good Disney shows, you know, any like Al House and in uh, Al House Amphibia and Gravity Falls. If you're a fan of any of those, I highly recommend it. Um, Kim was in the room while I was watching it, and uh, there's a point where the main character uh is talking to the other like the other main character in the show and um telling her that he is trans and kim immediately was like oh this isn't on disney <laughs> nope <laughs> i'm like oh god no um yeah. We're actually going to get to that when we talk about Baymax. We are going to get to that. Uh, Disney is, you know, kind of doing some things that we're okay with. Uh, good for them. Um, little, too, a little too late. Uh, but yeah, anyway, I, I've enjoyed it. I, I'm, I highly recommend it. It is definitely a kid show, but it is a kid show that all ages can enjoy. Uh, let me write that in here before I forget. Um, what have you, besides, you know, the one thing we're going to talk about more, mm -hmm. what have you been watching slash reading? <laughs> well, um, a friend of mine actually wanted to, she had never seen, sorry, he had never seen Big Hero 6 before, um, and they wanted to watch it last night, so I streamed it for them through Discord, um, <laughs> <laughs> because they're on the other side of the country so oh, okay. <laughs> um so we watched big hero six and that reminded me that i had spent the entire actually not even entire week 
it literally took me one day to watch every single episode because they're shorts, like 12 minutes long a piece yeah. of Baymax, um, which is an adorable fucking show. <laughs> um, I didn't realize how much I missed Baymax as a character. Mm -hmm. Just this big, squishy, socially inept marshmallow charged with healing everyone. <laughs> um, but I also didn't realize how much story good writers could cram into 12 minutes. Oh, yeah. Um, and the pacing is not like... These stories don't move at a breakneck pace either, which is really a credit to the fact... to the writers and the animators. Um, you can tell that they put a lot of work into the show, and there hasn't been very much news about Big Hero 6 or any kind of sequel that Disney had planned or anything like that. Yeah, we got the TV show, like the Big Hero 6 TV show, but that never... It was 2D, and it just was too jarring for me, and, I don't know, the story just didn't hit me like the actual movie yeah. did. Well, one of the problems is the Big Hero 6 film from Disney is a Disney-fied movie in the first place. It breaks so much from its source material they can't really be called the same thing anymore mm -hmm. um the big hero six comic is much much too dark for a disney kids movie <laughs> um <laughs> that being said big hero six as a disney property on its own was kind of i think still to this day is considered sort of a hidden gem in the disney catalog it's a movie that a lot of people have watched now but did not watch when it first came out and out of the people who have watched it they've come to love it for what it is um that being said baymax as a series really just focuses on baymax himself you actually don't even see hero until the end credit scene of every episode oh that's cute um, so it focuses on baymax and each story involves baymax basically going around town and being alerted to a problem someone has because he's a medical robot and trying to help them and then you get these sort of really touching moments where he's not just helping them deal with a medical issue but helping them deal with a life problem mm -hmm. as well um i won't get too spoiler into it but for example the episode that sort of lit twitter up both for good and bad reasons was this episode where a middle school girl has her first period mm. oh um, yes i did see this i think so Baymax is, you know, doing his thing. He's basically does like a super fast search of the web, how to help this person and comes upon, you know, menstrual hygiene products. And so he goes to a local store and he's looking for, you know, what he can buy and he has no clue what he's doing. And so then a bunch of people come up to him and recommend him, you know, different products, tampons, pads, and so on. Mm -hmm. um, one of those happens to be a trans man who offers this to him. And that's kind of what set Twitter ablaze. Yeah. I won't get into all of that, but you know, if you if you heard what I said, you understand why it did that. Um, but at the end of the day, she is also trying to participate in a talent show with her best friend, and she's worried like she's going to mess up. She's too focused on her cramps and things like that. Mm -hmm. And Baymax kind of helps her process that and get through it, and she ends up winning the talent show with her best friend. So, um. Every story kind of follows that pattern, is Baymax discovers a person with a problem and then helps them deal with that problem. The very first episode actually does involve Aunt Cass and her running her cafe, and she gets hurt and can't run the cafe, and so Baymax tries to, and she's worried that he's failing at it because he's holding the customers up and taking a very long time, 
there's this very heartfelt message where he basically records a message from the customers like, hey, Baymax is a little slow, but he's doing a good job. He's got <laughs> this. We care more about your health than you coming down here to serve us coffee and donuts every yeah. morning. <laughs> so just a really cutesy show. I think it's only got like five or six episodes. They're 12 minutes long. You can sit down in a day, literally take like an hour, watch them all, and you'll be done. Um, but I hope this also generates some some momentum for Big Hero 6 as a property in Disney's eyes. And who knows, maybe we'll see a sequel in the future. Disney yeah. sequels aren't always that great, but when they do things with Pixar, I mean, we got four tour stories, and I haven't heard a bad thing about any of them. So. <laughs> we got four and a half, technically. Yes. I, I, we've seen Lightyear. I don't think you've seen Lightyear yet, right? I haven't seen Lightyear. Highly recommend it. If you are a child of the 90s, you will love it even more. Um... Yeah, all right. Yeah, I wanted to check that out. It looked cute. Um, I have I had seen that clip of uh, the tampon scene. Um, I also saw a clip, um, basically, of just a, a cute little flirty interaction between uh, two gay men where Baymax yeah. is kind of, like, pushing the guy to be like... Eh, eh. <laughs> Yes, that actually happens. (laughs) So that episode deals with a guy who runs a food truck that's called Just Fish Soup. (laughs) And that's all he makes is fish soup. And during that episode, he actually develops an allergy to fish. Oh, Um, no. So he's like devastated. He's like, my entire family has been doing nothing but this for generations. I don't know how to make anything else, you know. This is the one thing that I do, and it's going to destroy me if I can't work with fish. Um, there's a hilarious moment in that episode where Baymax's face is framed like it would be in a horror movie because he's chasing this guy through town. Uh, yep. Sounds <laughs> it's about right. hilarious. It's literally like a second cut on screen, and it made me laugh out loud in the middle of work. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yes, he is. he does this whole food truck thing outside of sort of this farmer's market in town. And there's this other guy who makes applesauce. Um, and he's like, it's the best applesauce you'll ever have. Well, this fish dude is into the applesauce dude. Um, and trying to find a way to basically say, like, hey, you want to go on a date? And doesn't really get to do that till the end of the episode. Um, when he builds up some confidence after learning how to cook other things. Um, and it's weird that that episode had any controversy whatsoever. Because there's not a kiss. There's not a hug. There's yep. nothing intimate happening between them except like two maybe 10 second conversations sounds about right um but you know this is this is new wave i mean i can criticize disney for a lot of things but what i can't criticize them for is allowing these people to exist in their worlds now yeah yeah it's Mm -hmm. not just these the one-off character kind of bullshit it's like, hey, look, there are other people that have lives, and oh, guess what? They're not just all the exact same cookie-cutter person over and over again. Yeah, well, I would say if you have Disney+, Plus, um, Baymax, like I said, is it's worth checking out. It's not even a huge time investment if you're going to check it out, and if you don't like it, then whatever. You spent like an hour on it at <laughs> most. <laughs> um, but yeah, good series. Definitely worth a watch. Cool. Um, alright, so the last thing that we've watched... Ooh, my thing's not open. Um, 
is going to be our biggest talking point. So I'm going to say let's cut through all this news. And I say all this news. There's only a couple of things. I added one thing. I was going to add one of the other, actually two of the other things, but Nader, I got to it. Um, yes. Okay. What do you, let's start with the dumbest thing. Uh, <laughs> and you know you can't spell dumb without EA. Um, <laughs> that's not true anyway, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> well, you can't spell dead with EA. D-E-A-D. Ooh, D-E-D. <laughs> D-E-D, dead. Um, uh, well, EA, in their latest faux pas, tweeted out something, what was this, June 30th, so only a couple days ago. They tweeted, this has become a meme in social media, is there a 10 but? And oh, so God. they tweeted, there are 10 but they only like playing single player games. <laughs> Which, there are 50. not only just lit regular Twitter on fire, but people who have worked for EA came back at them one of them in particular had a studio shut down by ea with over 100 developers fired and another one had tweeted out that he had spent weeks working till midnight just to get mass effect 2 shipped um so ea got it from their employees they got it from the regular gaming community they got it from basically everybody else uh ea tried to clap back with you know well all the oil companies and all these terrible companies are off the list of the worst companies to work for of the year of 20, what is it, 2022 now, because EA seems to always top that chart. Yep. Um, but it was weird to a lot of people in the gaming community who do, you know, media criticism like we do on this podcast, where some of the most critically acclaimed games to exist <laughs> in the current era have been single-player games published by EA. <laughs> We're talking not just about little one-off things. We're talking about huge franchises like Mass Effect, like Dead Space, um, Jedi Fallen Order, massive, yeah. massive success, um, at least in the critical space. But we all know what EA is about. They are chasing that dollar, and in doing so, they have turned a lot of their games into live services, and that's what allows them to increase their profit margins everywhere. Or every year so apex legends fifa madden ultimate teams these are like their big money makers and at least from the executive standpoint their ultimate goal is to make every game out of this make every game a live service make it a perpetual thing that people are going to play forever and spend money on forever um but then again like i just said we have we have to go back to the fact that when ea does actually allow a single player game to sort of leak through the cracks their developers do good work on them yeah yeah <laughs> Um, oh, sorry. Oh. This is uh, it originally initially had leaked, but um, sorry to interrupt the the EA bullshitness. Uh, a trailer has now released officially released for an anime adaptation of Solo Leveling. Yes, Crunchyroll just released that. Um, for those that don't know, uh, Solo Leveling is probably one of the earlier of my um because it's i still consider that a isekai uh just kind of technically reversed to a certain extent i don't fucking know um i mean he does die <laughs> spoilers <laughs> for like the first fucking episode or chapter um god damn i'm just looking at it. it's it's a horrible trailer because it's literally just shots from the manga uh but no, uh, yeah, yeah, it's good. I highly recommend it. There was like, I don't know, hundreds some chapters. I enjoyed it, and then I stopped it because I kept reading other things, and I never got back to it. I, I probably missed like 50 chapters at this point. Um, yes. 
Well, but continuing on EA being a piece of shit. Well, continuing on EA being a piece of shit. Um, one of the things that I took from this is they haven't learned their lesson at all, and it's because their profit margins keep going up. Mm -hmm. If we remember, <clears throat> there are two games EA published in a series that I loved, and people still love to this day titanfall and titanfall 2 now titanfall 1 was criticized for not having a single player campaign and sort of trying to cram a story into this faux multiplayer mode that you would play through mm -hmm. titanfall 2 though still to this day is regarded as having one of the best single player first person shooter campaigns of all time hell i remember how much you fucking love that thing yes and so for EA to publish something like that and then to say, well, single player games just are basically trash is like you haven't been paying any attention to your own critics, to your own customers. You are so obsessed with chasing that increasing profit margin, which I can't say necessarily is a fault of EA. That's just how the system works. Um, that they've lost sight of the fact that you can make a good single player game and it can make money and it can do well critically and things like that. And so for us here on the ground floor who are just guys who enjoy playing video games, um, we like single player stuff. We like story driven games. Um, and it sucks that because those games don't make all of the money, it only makes some of the money <laughs> that game publishers sort of have free reign to say, well, the things that you love are not doing it for us. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> so, who knows? I mean, the future of EA has always been contentious. Um, now that the gaming industry developers are starting to unionize and a lot of things are shifting towards a more worker-friendly atmosphere, um... I believe EA's days are numbered. I won't say that they're going down anytime soon. Um, Someone's buying them soon. Someone may buy them soon, or you know, they may collapse entirely under the weight of their own hubris, for lack of a better term. I don't. I don't see that happening. I definitely see them getting to the point that like they they definitely sell themselves off to somebody. Um, yeah. Who well, exactly? Who fucking knows? But I, yeah. I'll put it this way: they went from making i think it was 4.4 billion no 4.1 billion in profits in 2012 last year they made 7 billion in profits there's only so many billions yeah. <laughs> so you know if your shareholders are expecting you to make that ever increasing profit margin every single year which they are that's why shareholders exist if those people on the board, if those major stakeholders are going, okay, you made $7 billion last year, we need you to do, you know, $9 billion, $10 billion this year, and they aren't hitting those margins, those shareholders are going to bail, and that's when they have to sell. Because um, once all that stock is sold back, it's devalued. So <laughs> um, they can't, you can't chase that high forever. You can't keep riding that money train for infinity there's not infinity money to go around yeah yeah <laughs> uh, all right well because uh, <laughs> we almost segued into it earlier um i don't know which one do you want to do you know what do the one because i feel like you're more excited about one than the other and i'm more excited about the other i'm so much more excited about one than the other <laughs> but uh 
I mean, which one do you want to do first? You want to do this one or this one? You this can, one. You do the one that has been twelve years. Okay. Has I'm it really been twelve years? Been twelve fucking years, dude. Okay. <laughs> so, kind of a cult classic in the anime world has always been an anime called Panty and Stocking with Garter Belt. Um, it's a cult classic for multiple reasons. It did something different that other anime hadn't really done that often, which is using two different animation styles. Um, one more than other. The yeah. one that was on screen most is a very simplistic, sort of heavy line art, boxy anime style, but it lent to the comedy effect that the show was going for. Um, it's a very raunchy, very irreverent anime at that. <laughs> um, but it's funny, and it has a story to it, and, you know, a lot of people enjoyed it for that, for those aspects. That being said, the last episode of the anime does end on a cliffhanger. Oh, and it's a very big one, like a huge twist occurs, more or less. And people are just left wondering what happens after this, at least canonically. Mm -hmm. People since then have read, have written many fanfics about this show. <laughs> um, but people are like, okay, we want to see more. And there were always rumors floating around that a season two was eventually coming. Gainax was going to, you know, get an animation studio in house. and They were going to make a season two of this because it, it blew up and it did so well and a mm -hmm. lot of people still love it to this day but nothing was ever nailed down officially until this week when crunchyroll announced that gynax is teaming up with studio trigger to produce season two of this show so we are officially getting a season two of panning and stocking with garter belt and from what i've heard so far it will kick off almost directly after this first season ended Wow. Um, so much so that I'm, I'm not even sure if this is an official tweet or not. Someone had tweeted it at me, and it's Panny laying in a hospital bed with a bandage on her forehead, holding up a middle finger, tweeting at Stocking, saying, I lived, bitch. Yeah, I saw that. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, no trailers, no nothing has been shown for yet, not even a key art or anything like that. Yeah. But we have an official announcement, and we know it's on its way. I'm trying to find, there was a, because I had seen the announcement in conjunction with, um, oh, it was actually shown, there is footage of something from uh, Anime Expo, uh, but supposedly mm -hmm. there the other thing that came out along with that is, um, I, I think the creator of uh, Gurren Lagann uh, was able to get the rights back or something? Mm -hmm. I don't know, hundred percent no. Um, and I give you know I'm I'm going to try. And, there was a specific tweet that I'd seen about it. And I'm like, eh, fuck it, whatever. Uh, <laughs> but um, that's awesome. I, I I remember watching that. I never finished it. I'd seen like maybe three or four episodes. It's a weird fucking show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember there being a thing that was basically Gur in it. Um, But yeah, that's an interesting one. On the other spectrum of anime that is coming back in a weird fucking way, and I'm confused, I need to look into it more. Uh, we have news, and now a first our teaser trailer for um, Trigun Stampede, which is... It's funny because they say it's an original story, but mm -hmm. I'm also seeing that it's just the manga being told 
like word for word kind of thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> who knows? I, I thought that initially when it was announced, I thought it, it sounded like it was going to be more of a, uh, um, like a Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood kind of thing, where it's like, hey, yeah, you enjoyed Trigun. Here's the real story. Um, which mm-hmm. one I would fucking love. Um, but yeah, we got it. Our, our first teaser trailer. Uh, it is from a studio um, that is known more for full-on CGI uh, series, and this one seems to be that like straddling the line between more of like mm-hmm. a, a a 2D-ish CG. Um, I love it. I think it looks great. Um, how do you feel? I would say this is one of the, at least from what I saw in the trailer, this is a better looking 3D animation uh, as far as anime is concerned. Anime has had a very poor history with using 3D animation well. Yeah. Um, probably the most egregious example of that is something that came out on Netflix a while ago, X-Arm. If you haven't heard of X-Arm, don't watch it. Um, you can watch clips of it on YouTube and stuff if you just want to laugh at how poorly animated this show is. Um, they also did this weird thing where they tried to blend 2D and 3D animation, so some characters in the same scene, in the same frame, literally one of them is 2D and another one's 3D. What the um, fuck? Yeah. <laughs> this looks so bad. It is. It's terrible. Why would they do this? Here's the thing. It's terrible from an animation and visual perspective, but it's also terrible from just a story and premise perspective. It is to this date, at least from every anime critic that I know of, they have put it as one of the worst anime of all time. <laughs> like, hands down. so bad. Like... And uh... some people are now even arguing if it even deserves to be called anime, but, you know, a lot of critics are saying, yes, this is anime, we have to deal with the fact that it exists, yeah. and it's bad. Guess what? <laughs> They're, uh, bad anime exists. It, it happens. Yes. Um, bad, like, decisions in st- series go the wrong way um but no, th- this looks good it it reminds me of um oh fuck my mind is blanking there's a certain show that i watched before that it reminds me of the animation style with it being that kind of mix oh you know what it kind of reminds me of um a less stylized uh arcane okay Yes. Like the the smooth everything about it is it looks good. Um, mm-hmm. Fuck man, I'm sorry. I have it pulled up without audio right now, and it just looks so good. I'm so excited. Uh, yes. Currently, I don't think there's been any announcements of the English cast, but people are already hoping that John Young Bosch Bosch Bach, however you say his last name, uh, mm-hmm. comes back to voice Vash. Um, now, I, okay, let's see. We're going to go through... The classic action is getting a CG animated remake. It's, they're calling it a remake. Mm-hmm. Also seems to tease a show... Oh! Also seems to tease that the new show will be front-loading some of the characters' backstory from the original series and the manga it was based on rather than teasing it out as a mystery. Um, yes. That, that'd be interesting. Um... Yeah, I'm excited. It's supposed to come out next year. Uh, as well as it looks like they announced a new... Yeah, updates for the new two new seasons of FLCL, which why? Why the fuck are we getting more? I... 
just the, so the pillars can put out more albums. <laughs> the original season, the original FLCL is one of, and still one of, my favorite anime series of all time. The, I tried the new ones, and it just did mm-hmm. not, it didn't have the same feel. Um, when you, there's a certain energy that the original has that was not carried over into the yeah. to the new stuff. Visually, that... I loved it. I thought it looked great, but like entertainment level to me, it just wasn't there for me anymore. Um, oh god, this looks! I'm just so excited. I know I'm seeing a lot of people being like, <laughs> Vash went from punk to. There was one specific tweet I saw that was like, Vash went from <laughs> punk to. Um, Machine Gun Kelly. No, uh, to to NPR, and I'm like, what the fuck? Are you, where do you see NPR in that? I don't see NPR. I mean, he still there's a glasses. really cool, there's a really cool clip in the trailer, and if people haven't watched this trailer yet, they should. Where, you know, the trailer is just made up of clips from the final production, but like a guy's holding a gun to Vash's chest, like point blank range, takes two shots, and Vash just very casually moves out of the way of both just, of them. So. Like, the fact that they're moving to 3D animation, oh, I feel like they're going to play into the fact that Vash basically is a superhuman. I mean, he is. So... Yeah, that's the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> Aren't they also um, plants? I don't I don't know. I, I didn't to, watch I, enough of the original to I know that. To, I need to I know it. that they... I know that Vash is technically, you know, an android or a cyborg. He's or definitely not human. Hold on, let me... Whatever combination... Is Vash a plant? Is <laughs> Vash a plant? <laughs> oh, you know what? They're yeah. Sorry, my mind, my mind remembered, but remembered the wrong definition of the word plant. They are no. plants, as in both of them are independent power plants, because that was the big thing. There were power plants. There were yeah, power plants throughout the the apocalypse world, basically. Um, mm-hmm. But they are basically two sentient plants that are able to do whatever they want they they yeah whatever it's fucking weird <laughs> anime is weird we accept this we move on um <laughs> yes Vash belongs to the race of generators living sources of energy yeah uh don't go too far i mean i already spoiled that bit but like in general watch it it is incredible i i highly recommend the original one um trigun is in that list of early anime for me like it's that that's up there with cowboy bebop and um yu yu Hakusho of like these are the this is the shit that got me in um and all of it was dubbed because hell we got it on fucking tsunami and adult swim um but yeah speaking of some fucking insane shit and really good shit uh nate guess what we're not going to get under an hour unless we only talk about Stranger Things for about 15 minutes. But we can we can get pretty short of an episode. Uh, but hey, that's right. Guess what? It's time for Stranger Things spoilers. Yes. That's right. Moving on from here. Everything is spoilers for season four and all of season four of uh, Stranger Things. Or I think they just call it Stranger Things 4. Nine hours of Kate Bush. Nine? It's more than nine, right? I don't yes. know. Time makes no sense. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's nine episodes, and they're like at yeah. least almost two hours each. The last one almost three fucking hours long. Um, so, yeah, Nate. Before we go heavy, heavy, which we'd normally do really quickly anyway, mm-hmm. as a whole, 
how did you like this season? No, oh, I, I absolutely loved it from start to finish. Um, there was not really a moment on the screen where I found myself bored or not wanting to pay attention to what was happening because to their credit, the Duffer brothers and all the writers and all the directors who worked on this really focused, even though with the length of the episodes that they had to work with, mm-hmm. really focused on making everything you see and hear and every piece of dialogue matter to the story. Um, there's not a wasted moment, you know, on on the screen at any time. So I I loved it for that. I loved it for the continuation of a story that for all intents and purposes, left us with more questions than answers last time we saw it. <laughs> um, and then this one didn't really fucking help, did it? No. I mean, we got answers to a lot of those questions. Um, and now we still have more questions. Yep. Um, that being said, is also really is a credit to their craft that they managed to split this entire series up into three different stories with three different groups of characters and then not until the very last moment tie all those characters together but still have them all fight essentially the same enemy in their own way yeah in their own capacity oh my god it was so good too um yeah, I, I agree. This this whole season was fantastic. Uh, my only issue I think I had at all, um, besides like stupid continuity things that supposedly the Duffers are going to go back and fix with like changing dates on things, because um, they fucked up birthdays. I don't know how. <laughs> uh, I think it was like it's either Mike or Will's birthday or something in the <laughs> first episode, and it's like, oh yeah, we just forgot. Um, I'm like you're writing the show how do you just forget a birthday um but yeah it's uh oh yeah the final episode near the end there are some editing choices that they went with that i feel mm-hmm. like didn't add to it and it just kind of broke up the storyline in the pacing a little bit too much near the end um mm-hmm. and because so Fuck it, I'm jumping. I'm jumping right there. Well, that reminds me of something before we jump in. Oh, yeah, okay, Um, go ahead. One of the main antagonists of the show kind of accidentally dies in the final episode. And I was a little miffed about that because I wanted to see him, like, actually have to pay for his crimes. He, uh, that's that's my, uh, my cardiologist. (laughs) No No joke, the same fucking name (laughs) as my my actual cardiologist as a kid. So, yeah, he kind of just accidentally gets his shit wrecked and it's kind of dumb i would like to see to see him actually have to you know face some retribution but whatever i guess they just needed to get rid of the character at the end they didn't have much more for him to do (laughs) yeah at that point there was no need for him um but no uh yeah so just because i want to jump right to it and bring it up um at the end they don't actually save the day um this is probably their least successful mission of everything they've ever done they 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 fail in the greatest way they've done for four seasons though 100 percent um (laughs) uh starting off with the whole plan of them all having the multi-stage plan Mm -hmm. from everybody that is around each other to the two separate groups 
one in Russia, one in Nevada, Nevada, yeah, um, yes. with eleven. Because eleven, that's the fucking greatest part about this the whole thing. Eleven isn't in uh, Hawkins until like the last couple of days. <laughs> yeah. Um. But the fact that it it the it was such an epic part. The fucking Metallica song. Mm-hmm. Which uh, Kim looked into it did release that year. The released the year uh, of the what this whole storyline takes place in. Um, when when Eddie got up on the trailer and I heard that riff, I was like just so hype. <laughs> uh, rest in peace to the greatest new character. Um, how dare they? How dare they? Uh, fuck, man. Um, yeah, we'll we'll talk about deaths and how they affected us. <laughs> <laughs> but um Chris just went thousand yard stare on my arm. <laughs> so much happens in one season. Uh but no, I, I I the up until the last two episodes, um I'll say that like even Kim Pick mentioned it uh when we were talking about it the other night, um the pacing seemed a little little off. But it it felt like they could have extended this into more episodes instead of having a fucking three hour long finale episode um but i understand why they did uh but yeah if you want to run through like everything that happened go for it well like, from beginning to end i don't remember everything well because it's been start a fucking month in between of, well i won't run through every little detail but to start kind of at the beginning we know that stranger things likes to sort of do this cosmic horror kind of thing right we have this alternate dimension we know of now the upside down we know there's a lot of bad shit in the Upside Down. What we don't know is who is kind of the master of the Upside Down. We know that there's a hive mind involved, and we are led to believe in the previous season it's the Mind Flayer, which, to kind of their discredit, they do retcon in this final season. Um, <laughs> but we know that the Mind Flayer was this huge, massive threat. It was trying to open basically a huge gate in Hawkins to the upside down to sort of invade Hawkins and then the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, we knew that the mind flayer was this sadistic entity who almost in a weird way kind of worshiped 11, um, but still saw it as their greatest adversary at the mm-hmm. end of the day. Um, and so this invasion plot was this idea of, we are going to create a whole new world in which only Eleven can be the master because she's the most powerful being basically in existence. And so she deserves it all. And all this mind flayer believes that all these other people are just running interference more or less. Yeah. Um, so we get to this series and we realize that there's still something wrong with Hawkins. The entities from the upside down haven't been completely defeated. Was yeah, that a cat? That was a cat. Tail <laughs> that <went by. laughs> Well, the entities from the Upside Down haven't been completely defeated, and now some really terrible things are starting to happen to people almost seemingly at random. So what happens is there's this entity in the Upside Down that they call Vecna. Vecna. And it took me a little bit of research to figure this out. Vecna is actually an original D&D big bad evil guy. Yeah. Um, That's all, all of them. All of the things that we've they've quote-unquote fought or dubbed the enemy of every season has been a um, uh, yes. actual pull from D&D lore. 
Yes, and they, they kept with that. And you have to remember that this takes place in the 80s, so it's like only first and second edition to D&D are out at this time. <laughs> um, but Vecna's like a real dude in D&D. Um, but they dubbed this entity Vecna, and I'll get to what Vecna actually is later on, but at least what you're introduced to Vecna as is this creepy monster that lives in the Upside Down who has the ability to attack people in the physical world mm -hmm. from the upside down without entering our world. He draws people into these illusions and shows them all these deep, dark parts of their mind, things that they have hidden away or things that they don't want to remember or don't want to acknowledge anymore and sort of draws that out of them in the physical world. What he's doing is he's twisting their bodies up like fucking rag dolls and poking their eyes out. <laughs> Yay. Um, and so the way that this appears to everybody else is these are sort of ritualistic, you know, satanic panic style of murders. Motherfucker. Um, that whole, that is a whole storyline plot that I fucking hated. But that's... It is, but it plays to the era, right? This is the this is sort of the mid-80s when D&D &D had first come around and was actually gaining some popularity. Mm -hmm. And we know that there were stories of, you know... D, D cults back then basically um and this is also when the satanic panic wave had kind of swept the entire country and so you know people were blaming everything from D, D to the twilight zone on turning their kids into satan worshippers more or less. don't forget about rock music oh yeah rock music too i mean this was the era of heavy metal and we get tributes to that really nice tributes to that in this show as well <laughs> um but as we move forward one murder happens, and this guy, this new character who's introduced, Eddie Munson, who runs the Hellfire Club, which is the school's D&D &D club, is blamed for the murder. Partially because of being in the Hellfire Club and everyone thinking he's the leader of some satanic cult, and also because the murder happened to happen in, in his trailer. His <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not to his fault. Yes. Oh, sorry, before we get any further, that speaking of things that uh, I wasn't happy with... The fact that mm -hmm. by the end of the season, Eddie's still blamed. Yes, Eddie is still blamed. Um, it's it's a bittersweet kind of thing because, of course, you hate it because Eddie is a lovable character. But if you understand it from the perspective of the characters who have to live in this world, mm -hmm. they have no idea how these murders happened. Yeah, The kids aren't going to be believed. They have never been believed about saving the world literally three times over. Only from <laughs> Only from two parents two fucking yes. parents every other parent whew, nope that well, ain't it's, the way the show sets it up is it's you got to see it to believe it kind of thing yeah so the only people the only adults who believe anything that the kids say are the adults who directly have been involved in their fights um who have literally seen this crap come out of this alternate dimension yeah um but that being said vecna sort of goes on his killing spree right now, during the time Eddie is blamed for this murder, he's on the run. And while he's on the run, the girl who was killed in his trailer was sort of the basketball high school captain's girlfriend, right? So this guy blames Eddie for the murder and sort of just has a complete and total psychotic break. He is purely out for revenge at this point and doesn't care who he has to hurt to get that revenge. He 100% is convinced up until the very end of the show 
that well, Eddie killed his girlfriend. <laughs> to be fair, yeah. I don't think he ever stopped believing it. It's just he's no. dead, so it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, <laughs> no, he never stopped believing that. Um, well, Lucas, one of our main characters, um, plays on the Hawkins basketball team. And right before this murder, or actually during this murder, um, helps Hawkins High School win their championship game. Fires the last buzzer beater to win the game. So Lucas is, at this point in his life, kind of obsessed with the idea that now he's on the basketball team, he wants to be a popular kid, he's tired of being looked down on as the nerdy kid who, you know, nobody respects. Um, and so he kind of has this break with his friends. And that's another big thing in this, at least in this season. This season has more sort of big character moments yeah. than almost any other season. <laughs> Um, has this break from his friends and his friends, mostly Dustin and who was Dustin with at the time? Mike? No. I forget who Dustin was with. <laughs> um, well, yeah. Dustin and a, Oh, I guess it had to be Mike. Yeah. Cause Will mm -hmm. is in, it, Will is in California or wherever the fuck it is. Um, yes. Okay, so then it was Dustin and Mike. Yeah. So, Dustin and Mike, um, Eddie is running sort of the final... Yeah, so the, the final of their night. Campaign. Final yeah. night, and it happens to coincide with, oh, who would have guessed? The big game. Yeah. Um, it's it's the final night of their D&D campaign, and the reason that they're so sort of... They're going after Lucas and trying to get him to join the game is because this is sort of going to be the last campaign, the last session yeah. that Eddie gets to run. He's going to leave high school after this, and he won't be in the Hellfire Club anymore, basically. Um, so they're trying to get Lucas to do it, and Lucas is like, I got to play this championship game, you know, I got to be there for my team. And they sort of, you know, heart back at him, well, you're a bench warmer, you haven't really played a game yet. <laughs> um, and so... They're running around trying to find someone at Eddie's behest to join this campaign. And they go to Lucas's sister, Lucas's younger Hell sister. Yeah. Top five and, characters in the entire series. Yes. If you remember anything about her from last season, she's still the same kid in this season. She's, she's smart mouth. She's foul mouth. She doesn't take shit from anybody though. And she is like, when she puts her foot down, like everyone else ends up listening to her. <laughs> um, <clears throat> So, she's like, I mean, for lack of a better term, she's a sassy black mom in a kid's body. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But, um, anyway, she plays the campaign, and they do this cool transition between the basketball game and the campaign, where, like, both sides are basically losing. Both of the sides that you want to win in the show are losing, and... It comes down to these two characters sort of bring it back. And so in the basketball the game, we have Lucas, you know, shooting that last shot. And in the D&D &D campaign, like all the characters are basically down on HP. There's no way they can possibly win until Lucas's sister rolls a crit Nat <laughs> and 20. ends up taking out taking out Vecna. Um, so they both have these super epic moments at the end of that. And we move on to sort of the second episode where Christy, who is this main, this sort of secondary bad guy's girlfriend has ended up murdered. Eddie's on the run. And then we sort of get this split between these three factions in the show. 
we have this moment where shit what's what's Winona Ryder's character's name again <laughs> Joyce Joyce yes Joyce mm -hmm. Joyce receives a package from the Soviet Union I was gonna say if you want we can like because I, I we said we weren't yeah. gonna go through everything and you're like going through everything yeah. like, wait hold on I'm gonna I'm gonna fast forward through a lot of stuff I was gonna say so basically <laughs> what happens is yeah. Mike goes out to California to visit everybody, which is the mm -hmm. Byers family and Eleven. Um, Joyce ends up on her own mission taking, uh, can't remember his name right now. The, Murray. Murray, yeah. Murray uh, on a fun trip to Russia. Tr because guess <laughs> what? That's right. We were all right the entire time. Hopper's not dead. He's in a Russian prison. He is in Russian prison in a different way than I expected. For some reason, I expect I thought that he got like blown through the portal and th came out on the other side of the portal, um, mm -hmm. like in Russia or something. But no, it turns out that when he, when the explosion happened and the portal closed, he just fell to the ground. Uh, yeah. And you and know, the Soviets took him away. Well, yeah. it's it's more of the fact that I'm like, wait, Joyce didn't look. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> yeah, so they go. That's that's one mission, and that is the side of the series that every once in a while I forgot existed. Um, mm -hmm. I still enjoyed it. It was good. It was slow at points, but overall, uh, Hopper being a, a badass um, Russian prisoner instead of a, a overweight Russian Captain America knockoff um, was nice. <laughs> uh, man, way too many many uh, weight loss jokes. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it was like all crammed in the last like three episodes um it's like you got bigger you got, got smaller. smaller you shrunk or something like that yeah yes um that was cute though uh but no yeah that whole that whole side mission happens uh and while they're in russia they also find out like hey guess what the russians have a shit ton of demogorgons or at yep. least two demogorgons and they a bunch demogorgons of demogorgons um in the remains of the weird like mind dust from the mind flayer um yep. that's what i'm gonna call it mind dust um mind dust. <laughs> so that all happens that all plays out and is sweet because you know guess what these two people that are definitely in love and have been in love for ever finally get to actually be together for realsies for realsies yeah. um gonna have some breadsticks and lasagna or some shit i forgot what he wanted um probably big ziti yeah. everybody every every uh well, heavy heavy yeah. set white dude likes big ziti he does say breadsticks, and he says he's going to get two orders. Two orders, man. Because Enzo's put some seasoning on them, and they just blow you away. <laughs> yep. That's what season four or five is about. Enzo's is actually using Mind Flayer dust as their, their, <laughs> their salting. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, Enzo's was in on it the whole time. Oh, no. <laughs> Enzo is actually Italian for upside down. There's a war between Enzo's and Surfer Boy Pizza. Oh man, Surfer Boy <laughs> Pizza. I'm all for Surfer Boy Pizza. Speaking of which, the second location that they go to in the other state, do you know what that character's name is listed as? No. Argyle 2.0. <laughs> so you got Argyle, and it just, they're Argyle like, we don't, we're not even going to give him another name. It's just Argyle 2.0. Like, what's um, up my dude what's up my dude <laughs> um <laughs> god damn it uh so while joyce is off doing her thing uh 11 gets you know not taken taken but you know willingly goes to train up and be all superpowered she's, again hopefully 
is going to a secret project to get her powers back. and So she can save Hawkins. Slash yes. the world. I'll just call them the nice doctor and the bad doctor. Um, the nice doctor convinces her to go until she finds out that the bad doctor, a.k.a. Papa, is oh, there. Oh, God. Mm. Who tries to be the better, the uh, okay doctor, but was just faking it because he's a piece of shit. Um, I will say, though, it is nice to see... What's his name? Paul Reiser? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Paul Reiser. Uh, as a government agent being the good guy. Normally, he's the government yeah. agent being a piece of shit. Um, well, it's funny because the last thing I actually saw him in was an episode of season three of The Boys where he plays this character called The Legend who kind of is... A piece of shit? Well, he is a piece of shit. Before, like, Vought came to power and, mm -hmm. you know, became a superhero corporation, he was basically the publicity agent for all superheroes. Oh, yeah, <laughs> definitely a piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> um... Yeah, I, I, I like his character in this, uh, uh, coming back from... Because he, mm -hmm. he kind of was. He was kind of a douchey person, and he he got better. Um, but no, I... Uh, my mind blank, sorry. Uh, That's fine. We get, we get all kinds of stuff in this oh, show. Oh, yes, um, okay. Eleven goes with them doing the training with the piece of shit Papa. Pizza, Papa Pizza. Pizza Papa. Well, um, Eleven also has to go because we find out that the military is hunting her. <laughs> yeah, which results in the buyer's house just getting gunned down. I mean, straight up fucking, we get in the middle of an episode, completely unexpected, we get a fucking John Wick action scene happening inside of a home, a suburban home in California. And two potheads and is... two nerds can make it out without a single injury. Yes. The, the guy who answers the door, he's got, like, a suppressed pistol, and he shoots one of the agents in the stomach. These two agents from the government are sent to, like, guard the buyer's home. Shoots one of them in the stomach. The other agent hears it, and he's, like, on the ready, ready to go. The kids are freaking out, and they rush upstairs, and he's like, follow me, and he's just blasting army news away left and right until he gets shot himself. Um, but that agent also helps the plot move forward by giving them a pen, and that pen contains a phone number in it. So, jumping forward in the show... They dial the number on that pen, and all they hear is basically dial-up sounds over the phone. <laughs> and so they realize, in that moment, we're not dialing a person, we're dialing a machine. We're dialing a computer. I'm a computer. And they're like, well, who knows computers? So they go to meet Susie, Dustin's girlfriend. <laughs> Yay! Who is also a super genius hacker. And they have this little plot where she's trying to break into her dad's office so she can get to her computer again. Hacks the thing, finds out where it is, and sends the whole buyer's crew... Jonathan, Argyle, uh, Mike, and Will on their way to go find this place that Eleven has been taken to. Um, Eleven gets there because she broke a girl's nose with a roller skate, <laughs> gave her a concussion, and uh, got locked up for it. But <laughs> Yay. Which, is that how things work? I don't know how kids are treated. Well, we've had a terrible history of juvenile detention centers in the u.s and this was the 80s so imagine how much That's more true. terrible it yeah. was then <laughs> i didn't think about that um so all the while that's all happening back in in uh hawkins we've got two victims three victims let's just cut to all three of the fucking victims yeah. um three victims happen all because they have past trauma that makes them i don't know hate themselves i don't fucking know it's it's you know well, they're it's depressed. Just, they murder depressed guilt. people. <laughs> yes, it's guilt. Yeah. Um, um, but in doing so, it 
we turn to who is obviously the fourth fourth victim. Uh, we got our girl Max. Max is you know who who would have guessed uh, having a shit brother that and we're we're still not forgiving Stranger Things for trying to redeem the racist Billy, uh, mm. <laughs> the very openly racist character, where it's like oh no my brother's dead. I'm like did you, do any of us care? Do any of us care? <laughs> um, well. You understand it from Max's perspective in the yeah. moment where she's sitting at the graveyard because it's like, you know, he's still family, and at the end of the day, all she wanted to do was get along with him. Um, and, I mean, to his credit, yeah, some of the terribleness was definitely his fault. Some of it was because of his own trauma, being abused most of his life. And then the other part of it is, hey, I actually have an evil alternate dimension entity living inside of me, and I'm no longer controlling my actions. So <laughs> that didn't make him racist. He was racist before that. Again, oh, yes. we're not forgiving <laughs> <He> was... him. <laughs> no. Uh, but no, yeah. But, so, but go ahead. Well, I mean, just moving forward from those plot points, we do get that split. Um, if we jump into sort of the main stuff that happens, just story wise, right? Um, as far as the prison is concerned, we have Hopper, Joyce's, and Murray's story where they meet up. Joyce and Murray meet up with a pilot, Yuri. Hopper has a guard inside the prison trying to help him escape. Um, this Yuri guy is... Piece of shit. He's funny, but he's a scumbag. <laughs> um, and he eventually ends up double-crossing Murray and Joyce. Um, he's like... He's looking to basically just sell them to the Russians. Yep. Because they actually want Joyce because she's on some footage from uh, everything from the last season. Yes. Meanwhile, Hopper and his guard friend, through some actions, eventually end up getting caught themselves. Um, again, they're put into this special part of the prison that I'm just going to call the pit. <laughs> um, and in the pit, they find out quick, very quickly, due to Hopper's knowledge, that they are about to basically have gladiatorial style combat against the Demogorgon. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so Hopper devises his plan because he knows that the only thing that really kills these monsters is heat. So he steals a liquor bottle from this feast that they give them right before sort of, the, it's kind of like their last supper, steals a liquor bottle and a lighter and is looking to basically make this sort of fire spear to kill the Demogorgon with. Um, that doesn't work out so well. Almost everybody is slaughtered, with the exception of Hopper and his guard friend. Um, and he does eventually, with the help, by this time, Murray and Joyce have arrived in the USSR, have broken into the prison. They basically double-cross the double-crosser and tied Yuri up. <laughs> um, and so they sneak into the prison, and they're going to help Hopper get out and escape the Demogorgon. Um while doing this, of course, they find out that the Russians have a lot more of these things lying around, including the mine dust stuff. And um, <clears throat> we progress further on. Eleven is almost completing her training, and this is where we get the backstory for the main antagonist of the show. Um, which is not shown through Eleven's eyes, it's actually shown through... Actually, it's shown through both. It's shown through, it's shown through yeah. Nancy and Eleven. Nancy, yes. So, while Vecna also has Nancy sort of in this illusion shows Nancy her entire backstory and he shows her this because he wants Nancy to give Eleven a message. <laughs> Basically that these are the things that are going to happen and there's nothing you can do to stop them from happening. <laughs> no matter how hard you fight me, you're going to lose. And so 
Vecna's backstory is he was this kid named Henry Creel. He was the son of this guy, Victor Creel. And Victor, through his wife, after coming home from World War II, they inherited this huge house from his wife's, like, uncle or something who had died. Um, so they move into the house, and they're infatuated with it, but Victor realizes something's not quite right with where they live. Every time he turns around, something is going wrong, and things get progressively worse. He believes his house is basically possessed by a demon. Um, I mean, technically he's, he, it is. <laughs> yes. Well, he's seeing illusions from his time in the war, things he's trying to forget. Um, and it comes to the point where basically almost the entire family dies. Everyone with the exception of Henry and Victor. Victor is blamed for the murders and sent off to a criminal insane asylum um, where he cuts his own eyes out <laughs> um, because he believes it will help him join his wife and daughter who both had their eyes gouged out as part of their murders. Um, sad, and yeah. Henry falls into a coma. So we don't know this at this point in the story, but this guy sort of walking around Hawkins Hospital um, who is sort of trying to mentor Eleven and teach her things is actually Henry Creel. And he's one in this program. So the reason why Eleven is Eleven is she was the 11th inductee into this program of basically superhuman psychics who can use telekinesis to control energy and move physical objects around with force, mind you. A lot of the training sessions involve them literally psychically fighting each other. Um, but, you know, it's a perfectly normal thing to do <laughs> to children. Yes. And so <clears throat> we sort of get this fast forward through that where we see that Victor, or Henry, sorry, Henry convinces Eleven to remove some sort of device from his neck. It's like an inhibitor chip. Yeah, it's basically an inhibitor chip um, that prevents him from using his psychic abilities. Um, she removes the chip, and what Henry decides to do in that moment is turn back, go back into the Hawkins facility, and slaughter literally everyone inside of it. <laughs> um, even the children, everybody. Eleven was supposed to escape, but here's all this stuff going on. Here's people screaming and all kinds of stuff and goes to investigate. And what she finds is Henry standing there having murdered everybody she's ever known, basically. Um, and he sort of espouses his philosophy to Eleven in this moment. That he believes human beings are essentially garbage. They're full of contradictions and all kinds of nonsense and their own personal hangups. And all they do is make the world worse for it. And he believes the only way to make the world better is to become sort of this apex predator charged with cleansing the entire world. Um, <clears throat> he tries to convince Eleven of this. Eleven says no. They end up fighting. And what happens is Eleven throws him against the wall and literally pushes him into sort of the proto upside down, the upside down before it starts to mimic Hawkins itself. Yeah. Um, during this, he is burned, he is flayed, he is all kinds of disfigured, but he is still left alive in the upside down and starts to explore it and connect with it. And it is, I guess, theorized at this point that because of his psychic abilities, he has influence over the upside down. And that's why it resembles Hawkins. And that's why it has all these connections to Hawkins itself. Um, 
so through this sort of system, he is able to go back to his old home in the Upside Down, into the attic, and connect to these tendrils that allow him to sort of explore the physical world and invade people's minds. And that's where he starts showing them illusions and things like that. Um, fast forwarding even further to sort of just the ultimate, the ending episode here. Um, one group, one team basically decides we're going to go into the upside down. This is Nancy, Robin, uh, Steve, Lucas, Lucas's sister, who I keep forgetting the name of, um, and Max, Erica, and Max. And the idea is we're going to... Yeah, Don't we're basically going to coax Lucas, Max, and Erica are going to coax Vecna into attacking Max again to enter her mind. Max, to stall for time knows that Vecna is going to use negative memories against her, so she's going to use positive memories to run into to escape Vecna. Um, and <clears throat> what the the more adult kids are going to do, you've got Nancy, Robin, and Steve, they're geared up, and they're going to go into the Upside Down through a gate that opened in Steve's trailer where one of the murders happened, and they're going to find Vecna, and they're going to take him out, basically. Um, so this plan actually kind of works. <laughs> yeah. Um, technically they get, I mean, the other two who also go to the upside down, I forgot to mention this cause this is the part that's probably most important to you is, um, Dustin and Eddie. These are so many names to remember. Eddie <laughs> also going to the upside down and their job is distracting these sort of upside down bats that will just attack anything that comes close to Vecna's home. Yeah. And we get this amazing scene where they're ready to strike the bats and they're like, what are we going to do? And it turns out that Eddie was going to go in the upside down and find his guitar. They're going to hook it up to an amp and Eddie stands on top of his trailer and plays Metallica. <laughs> Fucking master of puppets. Yes. Plays master of puppets on top of his trailer to distract the bats and sort of summon them to him. Um, in this moment, they are attacked by the bats. The bats do eventually get into the trailer. Um, They've got to make a quick escape. Dustin goes through the gate back to, you know, the regular world. Eddie seems like he's about to, but then decides to stay behind and sort of fight off these bats. Yeah, give him a little bit knows, more time. Yeah, if he knows if he doesn't, then they'll just go back to what they were doing, and then the plan will be foiled. Um, Eddie sort of has this moment where he realizes, you know, all he's been doing his entire life is running from his problems. Now it's time to stand and face them. And so he gets this epic sort of combat scene against these bats until, of course, they overwhelm him and start tearing him apart. Dustin is freaking out and trying to find a way back through the gate, and he eventually does, sort of breaks his leg on the way through. <laughs> but he, he sprains his ankle. I'm going to go with yeah. sprains his ankle. Uh, <laughs> there you go. But, I, but fucking, he, the fact that he made that, he literally puts up a... Tr uh, so the portal is in the ceiling of Eddie's... Um, yeah. Uh, Eddie's uh, trailer. Um, and the, he literally... Because Eddie cuts the, the rope that is suspended through the portal. Because portals, they just fucking work. Um, <laughs> so this little rope, basically, is able to stay between the world two worlds and hold the, you climbing yes. through it. But he cuts that, makes it drop through. And uh, <laughs> when Dustin tries to get back in, he literally puts a chair and does like a running sprint jump onto the chair into the, into mm. the upside down. And I'm like, that's a badass move. I'm so proud of well, him. 
It also shows the Upside Down does have a fitting name. It literally is the Upside Down of Hawkins. Yep. Um, the only reason the rope is able to suspend there is you have equal forces of gravity pulling on each end of the rope. Hey, I try to add <laughs> science to this fucking weird-ass I mean, world. It's <laughs> physics, man. Um, but meanwhile, during all this, we get a couple of events where Vecna is getting the upper hand. He is starting to win this fight and stop them from doing everything. He's fighting Eleven and sort of winning against Eleven and Max at the same time. Um, he's got Steve, Robin, and Nancy basically tied up with tentacles in this creepy old house. Um, kind of choking them to death, more or less. And this other character, who was Christie's the first murder's um, boyfriend, who's been on this revenge campaign with his basketball buddies the entire time, finds Lucas and Max in this house in the regular world and is ready to shoot Lucas until Lucas sort of tackles him and they engage in a brawl where Lucas is very obviously losing. Cause he's fighting. He's basically a sophomore in high school fighting a senior who plays basketball. Yeah. <laughs> um, he gets the upper but, hand eventually. Yeah, he does. Um, but eventually they do end up defeating Vecna. Um, because... in the actual, <laughs> I was going to say, because in the upside, that's where, um, cause we haven't cut back to, the, the 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 West Coast crew, um, basically after Eleven gets her powers back, she makes it out from the evil government people, because you know mm -hmm. hey, really that's all government well, people. The military invades them and um, is literally trying to murder her. So <laughs> yeah, uh, she gets out with the the rest of the guys. Uh, they stop at a fucking uh, surf. Was it Surfer Boy? Surfer Boy Pizza. Um, yes, and she they make a makeshift um, sensory deprivation tank yeah, out, of out of a the... pizza freezer. Yay, it works. Uh, and she's able to go in, basically piggybacks off of Max's mind to try and help defeat um, Vecna, Henry, Hen Henrekna. Yes, Venry. Henry slash Vector slash one. Vector one. But yeah, so she gets in there, starts not the, do, do, you know, holds her own a little bit, then gets her ass handed to her, and then because of the through the power of love and friendship, um, she's <laughs> able to overpower him, and that's where we get the uh, everybody's able to fully pull it off and murder, kinda, yeah. Vecna. Um, number one rule to all villains. Make sure you just remove the head. Remove the head. Don't walk <laughs> away until you see the head gone. Um, you should have gone for the head. God <laughs> damn it. Because uh, guess what? Vecna isn't 100% dead. Um, no. He is quite fucked up, though. He is I quite mean, fucked up. Uh, in but... the upside down, he gets hit with two Molotov cocktails and four shotgun blasts. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still mad she didn't just walk up and right in the face kind of thing. Um, yeah. But no, uh, sadly... Max did die, and it which caused the fourth hole in the main world to the upside down, and causes the fucking the world to basically split open and get a new butthole. Yes. Literally, there's so, like, you know, there's just a butthole the in the center of town. Is, Vecna is committing these murders because he needs to draw power from each of the people he murders, and that power opens the gates. And the idea is he needs to open four gates, because once these four gates are open, they will converge and create one massive gate, sort of in the center of them all. And so 
when Max does die, and I mean clinically dies, her heart stops. For more than a minute um, or something like that. Yes. Um, the fourth gate is open, and Vecna, even in his final moments, at least as far as we know for this series, says to Eleven, you still lost. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, Eleven, due to her powers being returned to her, is able to sort of save Max in a way. Isn't able to heal her fully because she's got three of her limbs broken and her eyes almost gouged out and is blind now. Yeah, she's blind. Um, Max ends up in a coma and they don't know when she's going to wake up. But Eleven did do everything she could to try to save her. So um, this is one of the points that I was that bugged me about how they edited it. Edited it? Edited mm-hmm. it. Um, but in, in this, uh, Eleven visits Max in the hospital while she's in the coma and basically enters her mind and finds nothing. There's nothing there. She can't find any remnants, basically, of uh, Max. So, you know, who knows? Maybe she brought the body back, but no no brain. Um, forgot the feeling. Um, <laughs> well, the idea is Vecna is also sort of taking these people into himself. Every time he murdered someone, he told them, it's time for you to join me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so there sort of is a theory going on that Max is trapped somewhere within Vecna's mind still. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> I haven't seen that. I haven't really, I don't really delve too much into theory stuff. Um, mm. What I do know is, uh, oh fuck, I'm forgetting. There was a big thing I wanted to talk about and mm-hmm. we've gone through all of it and I cannot remember where <laughs> yeah. in the storyline it was and it's annoying the shit out of me. Well, at the end of the day, we, we get this sort of we get basically the destruction of Hawkins as we know it. Um, the gates have torn through the entire town, have decimated the town, have killed at least, as far as we know, over 20 people at this mm-hmm. point. Um, and they kind of sort of have this ma- massive crisis going on. Um, we get these cutesy moments. We get, you know, some nice character wrap-ups at the end of it, which I'll talk about in a moment. But the cool. idea basically you. is... You just reminded me what I was going to talk about, but keep going. Yes, the idea is is that now that the rest of the characters have rejoined each other, they don't really have time for rest. They have to prepare for literal war at this point. Um, I think a big part of that is going to be trying to convince the rest of the people in Hawkins, like, all this shit we dealt with for, like, the last four years is real, and you are actually seeing it happen. (laughs) Um, And so maybe in that moment we'll also get Eddie's redemption, (laughs) as they realize... (laughs) Ed Dead Redemption. um, yeah. Um, but no, I mean, overall, a great plot show as far as it's concerned. You can say what you want to say because I want to touch on these character moments that happen. So one of them is a is character moment. Um, specifically, there's a scene on the way while with Max and Will on the way to hopefully find Eleven, um, where Will has this giant monologue speech kind of thing to kind of like you mean mike and will what did, who did i say you said max and will <laughs> thank you sorry too many m's <laughs> mike and will either way will is the right name that i was talking about and will yes. has the moment with mike um where he's basically trying to be like everything you blah 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 trying to get him in better spirits all this stuff yeah. uh, mike is worried about this fact that 11 will no longer need him in the yeah. future um, Eleven is so powerful and so special and so unique that 
Mike could never compare to her, and Mike is afraid that Eleven will eventually just leave him. Um, and so what yes, the whole speech what... actually is about is is Will professing his love for yeah. Mike and all this stuff, and it's very I, I you can I cannot do it justice because <laughs> Kim and I were just in fucking tears. Um, no, I was I was in tears too. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, fuck, man. Like, but it's Will has it not is, gotten to do enough in this fucking series. Uh, Will hasn't had to do enough. He was the focus mostly of the first season, and they even do bring that back in the last episode. Is he's still in a way connected to the yeah. upside down and can sense things are happening? Um, but this is a unique character moment in it because it's not the outright confession of "I'm gay." Mm-hmm. Um, it is two kids who have been best friends up to this point. One of them realizing he does have feelings for another, but also realizing those feelings can never be reciprocated. Um, in that he is so afraid of being different that he can't even just come out and say what he feels. Um, which contrasts to Mike, who he's giving advice and telling him, you have to say how you feel. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think what really punches at home is you get this scene where Will finally turns away from Mike and he's just looking out the window and he is just sobbing. Breaking down. <laughs> um, in the same moment that he is consoling his best friend, he is kind of breaking his own heart at the same time. Um, so it does suck, but it is that touching character moment that makes this series so great. Yeah. Um, uh, and on top of that, that is also then followed up with uh, Will with his brother that I can't, my mind's blanking on his name right now. Jonathan. Thank you. Um, which again, Jonathan is very much in this season. You see, it, distance distance is a big thing between all the friends in this entire season, um, mm-hmm. including the siblings. And that 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 moment between them that got me too. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, that got me because you know for a lot of personal reasons, but um, I haven't talked to my own younger brother in years, yeah. mostly because he doesn't want to talk to our family, but that moment in there is unique in movies or just TV show cinema for me, basically. Yeah. You don't get a lot of moments where two brothers really come together like that, um, where you have emotional support for one another. So that in and of itself is a really touching moment. Um, other character moments deal with Lucas and Max and sort of their reconciling of their breaking up and kind of, not really going to the extreme, but realizing there's still some residual feelings for one another there. Yeah. It's more on Max because she is so afraid to open up to anybody. Um, and Lucas is just kind of trying to be there. Like I'm here for you in whatever capacity you need me. Um, there are great moments between steve and nancy because they deal with kind of the same thing realizing that there's residual feelings for one another there Um, so oh okay so i (laughs) the internet hates nancy uh and the internet is correct nancy's a piece of shit (laughs) um she let she let uh her best friend die die. she let barb die and you know she deals with that in this too good for her Mm um fucking bitch uh (laughs) no but uh no, Nancy Nancy doesn't deserve shit. And they focus so much between Nancy and Steve and I would 
I don't want that to happen. I want her to stay in an unhappy relationship with, uh, yeah, with Jonathan. Jonathan, <laughs> look, his, uh, I care so little about mm-hmm. him. Um, the both of them, <laughs> both of them are the, the two characters that you're like, okay, they're here, whatever. Yes. Um, well, Steve continues to to be one of the best characters in the entire series. Uh, Robin, right up there with him. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Robin is is great and amazing and wonderful in everything she does. <laughs> Um, a lot of people are like, if Steve dies, we riot. And I'm like, if Robin gets a fucking scratch on her, I will burn your studio to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, but Robin is just this ditzy little cinnamon roll through most of the series. And, you know, you then even find when out that uh, her, she has a crush <laughs> on another ditzy little cinnamon roll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she's got this crush on this other band girl named Vicky and they take this trip to the gun store where they're gearing up for the big fight against oh Vecna and turns out Vicky has a boyfriend and she's kind of heartbroken about that. But then later on at the end of the series, when they're in the relief center at the high school, um, Robin goes to volunteer to make sandwiches and finds out that Vicky is there also making sandwiches and, and finds out that Vicky single. Yeah. She's newly single and finds out that Vicky deals with sort of the mm. same anxiety that Robin does. Robin has describes it as, you know, she, her brain moves faster than her mouth and she can't get it to turn off and or her mouth moves faster than her brain. She can't get it to yeah. stop. And so she just rambles and finds out that Vicky does the same thing. And so while it's not this express, like, Oh yeah, ship them hard moment. It's this cutesy little interaction between two characters who we thought probably were never going to meet again. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that made me happy. Um, yeah. It, it, and just it, the combination of that moment happening, but then the cut to Steve being just like so happy for her. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> well, that's sort of sort of Steve's whole character development throughout this just single season is the fact that he has matured and grown up from the high school kid who was really good at sports and really athletic and really popular and really rich mm-hmm. to this guy who learns to connect with other people on a human level to realize that, you know, when he starts protecting the kids in season three, everyone was like, oh yeah, this is Steve's big moment, but his big moment really comes here where he realizes, even though like I protect everyone around me, that I also need something from them. And the thing he gets from them is sort of these life lessons on how to be a better person mm-hmm. and to realize himself fully beyond the sort of mask he's been putting on his entire time through high school. Um, and so Steve really does grow up, and that's sort of what drives the romance subplot forward between him and Nancy. But at the very end, we get this moment between Nancy and Jonathan, where Jonathan is basically asking her, like, are we okay? Like, and she's like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, cool. You guys be unhappy together, please. Let Steve find true love. I mean, at the end of the day, I believe that I believe Nancy and Jonathan will have a falling out. Um, Jonathan, even though he doesn't get a lot of screen time is a very sensitive character in his own right. Yeah. Um, and I feel like Jonathan has also matured a bit through the series, even though he spent the first three episodes stoned out of his mind. <laughs> Incredibly stoned, yeah. But Not he to doesn't the same level. That, I mean, he does admit, you know, both to his brother and to himself, that that's me running away from my problems. Yeah. Um, and so he's matured a bit, and I think it won't be like this horrible thing there will probably be a little bit of jabbing between Steve and Jonathan if they ever have to talk to each other again. My um, thing is, fingers crossed, Nan- or Nancy gets 
uh, taken out early on in season five. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, and then the other Stephen Jonathan. Uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the other sort of big character moment, and the final one I would touch on is Dustin um, confronting. Oh fuck, man! Confronting uh, fuck Mr. Why Monster. I can't remember his goddamn name. Eddie, Eddie's uncle in the relief shelter. And as far as we know, Eddie's uncle has been basically the only sort of father figure Eddie has had in his entire life. And we sort of get this opinion from the first couple episodes that his uncle is sort of this gruff, leave me alone kind of guy who doesn't really care about anybody else and just wants to do his own thing. But he, we find out through just this one scene that there's a lot of love between him and Eddie. Mm-hmm. And this guy basically feels like he did lose his son. Um, and so while Dustin, of course, can't give him the actual details of what happened because they're completely he unbelievable. Gives him, he gives him a lot more than <laughs> he does. give him, he, he gives him a lot more than we expect. Yeah. Um, as far as Hawkins is concerned, these four gays converging was just a massive earthquake that happened in their town. And the way that Dustin describes this to it is he was fighting to save the people he cared about the most up until his very last moment and didn't run away. Um, <clears throat> this causes his uncle to literally just break down in tears on the spot. As well as everybody uncle, watching the fucking show. Yes. His uncle is the only person who believes Eddie is actually innocent of the crimes he's been accused of. He, in that scene, the scene that I'm talking about is not the scene between him and Dustin, but it's the moment he arrives to the release shelter and takes down this poster of Eddie yeah. where someone has scribbled, you know, a little devil face on him basically and puts up a new one. Um, that's where you get the idea that there's more to this guy than what we were told originally. So through those character moments, they're great narratively. They will make you break down in tears because they are heart wrenching. But again, this is a credit to the Duffer brothers and everybody on the stranger things crew. They know how to make a good, compelling story and put real characters in it rather than just, they could have gone the route of, this is a ragtag re- team of quirky high school kids going to fight monsters. Mm-hmm. They could have just stuck with that, but they have done so much more than that. And at this point, I mean, I just have to say it. Stranger Things is a classic in my mind. This series will go down as a classic. There is so much to love about it that it's impossible that it couldn't be. It's the I most mean, consistent of all of the Netflix series. Yes. That's for fucking sure. In, in the far-flung future when, you know, Stranger Things is somehow taken off of Netflix because it's the year, you know, 2300 and nobody cares about it anymore, someone is going to be going digging through their old hard drive and finding Stranger Things and watching it again and remembering all the stuff we just talked about. And it's going to have the same impact then as it does now. Yeah. And that's why I'm calling it a classic. This is going to go down in history as one of the best pieces of cinematic artwork ever produced. <laughs> Especially because they'll fix the date so it's not all weird continuity last night. <laughs> uh, well, if you can't tell, we really enjoyed it. Um, and for that, that, that we're going to end on that. Because, hey, we said we were going to do an hour-long episode. Uh, it's only an hour and 42 minutes. Um, <laughs> it's shorter than the last one. Uh, but, yeah. Anything else you wanted to talk about before we peace out for another fortnight? No, I think I've I think I've wrapped it up. Um, if you haven't watched Stranger Things yet, 
no matter where you left off in the series, pick it back up. It's totally worth it. 1,000%. Uh, especially if you were like, oh, the first season was great, second season not that good. Third season, much better than second season, in my opinion. Fourth season, so much better than all of the seasons. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, in that case, thank you for joining us on another episode of Space Time Taco. If you like what you hear slash see slash what we're doing, if you just like hearing dumb fucks talk about dumb shit, um, mostly video games, usually. <laughs> this time it was mostly TV. Uh, yeah, yes. follow us on all the social media. Just look for Space Time Taco. Taco. Fuck. I can be found everywhere as Time Lord Burrito, and he can be found mostly on Twitter as a little teapot. <laughs> Go inside and play video games. I'm gonna go eat more. Maybe. I'm hungry. Night. <laughs> <laughs>